if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. And today I've got a special guest. It's our very own Sarah Warboys, who is our consulting naturopath here at Natural Super Kids. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Jess. Nice to be here. So nice to be chatting. And we did record an episode with you very early on. I'll pop a link to that episode in the show notes if anyone wants to go back and listen. Um, but that was really when you just came on board with Natural Super Kids. So we thought we'd have another chat today. Um, and we're going to be focusing on some of the really common um, signs and symptoms related to the digestive system that you have been seeing, you know, and as naturopaths, we see quite commonly in clinical practice. But before we get into that, I thought we could just have a bit of a, a chat and maybe you could start by sharing um, a bit more about what you do here at Natural Super Kids. My role at Natural Super Kids um, is a little bit diverse. So as well as the 
one-on-one consulting I do with mostly mums, uh, some dads we see for their kids. Um, I support the club members in the Facebook group, which is really great. Um, and we've just had a new launch. So there's lots of uh, new members asking lots of great, interesting questions and getting their family's health um, on track. So that's always um really great to support people in that way um and so that's uh lifestyle recommendations supplement recommendations and often just some emotional support as well and the club members are often really forthcoming with that as well supporting the new members and other members emotionally on the journey because um it can be really stressful and overwhelming and, yeah, I guess overwhelming. The new members often feel a little bit overwhelmed, don't they, because they're really wanting to improve their family's health. And it's kind of like, where do I start? That's, that's yeah. what we really help them with, isn't it? Like figuring out, you know, what what's going to have the most impact initially. Yeah, that's right. And I think one of the things that attracted me like to natural super kids and working with you Jess was just that very good um foundation of taking one step at a time um and one one change at a time and just seeing how that can just have such a strong impact um yeah and so I also um do some email support with people what you know wanting supplement uh, some supplement requests, specific supplements, and um, and when they become a member, there is um, the supplement reviews. So there's an opportunity for people um, to be in touch with us and um, get some supplement reviews. And so that's just a bit of a more personalised um, response when they initially become a member. Um, yeah, that's what else do I do at the moment? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it's good though because it helps people um, just you know be able to start on one particular part of their journey and just get some immediate support um, with some supplements and well, it helps fast track, doesn't it? I mean, we're all about you know lifestyle, like you said, and and diet and nutrition. Um, but yeah, the the supplements can just really help fast track someone's results, can't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think, I think you've pretty well covered what you do. Oh, you do also create the cheat sheets for our members. Oh too. yes, I do love doing that. I always, um, I think I always learn something new when I do them, and um, I like being able to just consolidate, um, you know, information and and make it readable and accessible to. Um, people so I do actually really enjoy that part of the job yeah and so that's we we um, create or Sarah creates a new cheat sheet um, for our members once a month so you've just created our new protein cheat sheet which would have been released by the time this podcast episode comes out yeah so, and you do such a great job and oh, I agree thanks, Jess. I agree with the um you know it's really interesting to put together a resource so I put together the masterclasses and I always find that I learn something new as well putting it together and 
figuring out how do I make this easy to understand for the average person because some of it can be quite complex. So that's what we're all about, hey, is like, yeah, digesting it for people so that it's easier for them to understand. Yeah, that's right. And um, I think what's obvious to us as naturopaths is not always obvious to other people. I had a client probably a month ago when I was talking about protein and I think I just assumed that everybody knows what protein is and she asked for clarification so what is a protein I was like ah it's not common sense to everyone and so yeah the information that's in the club is yeah it's great it's informative and easy to understand yeah yeah that's what that's what it's all about um and so with your so you do all of those all of those different roles in at natural super kids which is great um and one of your main roles is the the client work so doing yep. the online consultations you know seeing um at the the clients that book in whether they're members or whether they're people in the general public so and you've been working for about 8 months for natural super kids so tell us a little bit i know this is a big question but a little bit about some of the types of clients that you've been seeing and helping to give people a bit of an idea yeah, I guess there's quite there's probably a handful of really common conditions that people come to see us for, and that's eczema, allergies, asthma, um, a lot of digestive issues, and yeah, that is commonly constipation. It can be worms. Um, yeah, sometimes just disturbances in the gut, um, pain. Um, just things that may have been ongoing for sometimes years that people haven't really found an answer to and they've had all the tests done at the GP and there's no real clear understanding of why why it's happening. Um, so that is pretty common, um, people coming after not having found any answers for quite a long time. Uh, fussy eaters is another big one and um, yeah you talk a lot about that well there's a lot of club members with fussy eaters um, so that is another big one Um, sleep issues are also pretty predominant um, and that can just that can be exhausting after years and years of sleep issues and because that affects the parents as well not getting enough sleep it affects their mood and behavior in the day um, can affect their appetite and eating as well so yeah that's a really good point it has so many kind of like negative flow-on effects if kids aren't getting enough sleep doesn't it yeah yeah that's right and behavior is another one so kids um, who might sort of have yeah emotional regulation issues or anger outbursts, um, difficulty focusing at school. Um, Yeah, so they're probably the five. And then the other sort of group of people I see are are other mums themselves. So quite often um, I'll be having a consult with them for their child and they'll say, oh, I think I need to come and see you myself. And so they often book in and I actually really love that combination when the mums come because I feel like that gives them the much needed support that they need to help carry their kids through their health as well. So 
Definitely. And yeah. you said that before, like even a lot of our club members come in and you can just sense in their questions that they're just at the end of their tether, they're exhausted. You know, yeah. some of these complex or ongoing health issues that kids have, you know, it, it really takes a toll on the caregiver um, or caregivers, the parents. Uh, so yeah, that's something that maybe a lot, maybe some people don't know that we offer is consults for adults as well. Um, you know, main, it's mainly the mums and the kids that we see, but we're not anti, um, you know, ser- serving um, the odd dad either. Uh, yeah, so that is a really good point. And I think as we, we've done podcast episodes on, you know, making sure that you're looking after yourself as a mum so that you can look after everyone else. And that ongoing stress can have real impacts on mum's health, Kana. What is what are some of the common things you see going on with mums? Um, so I guess I've got a yeah, that sort of exhaustion, um, not sleeping well, stress, um, some thyroid, um yeah, allergies actually, because I think they see what happens with the kids and their kids improving and they, I do, there is more often than not, there's a link. So with, with the allergies, especially like hay fever um, that comes down from one of the parents, um, that's usually a picture yeah, with the mum or the dad. Yeah, and often the parents will kind of, you know, like just get on with it for their own health but seek support for their kids and then it, yeah, and then it comes around that actually, you know, I've seen these great results with my kids so maybe I'll, uh, you know, maybe I could benefit from a consultation as well. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I think you've covered off everything really well. They're real, they really are some of the common, more common things that we see um, at Natural Super Kids and it gives people listening, you know, ideas of, of things that they can sort of seek support for and and that we do have, you know, good results with as well. And I just want to say, um, you know, the vast majority of the feedback that we get from clients that see you is that they just feel really supported and calm in your presence. And I feel the same. Every time I talk to you, I feel like, Oh, you've got this very maternal energy, <laughs> which is so lovely, as well as all you know your amazing naturopathic knowledge, but just your your temperament and energy. I think people feel held and supported. So, oh, thanks, Jess. <laughs> I think um, I think you know people often come when, like I said before, after years of not finding any answers, and then. They just are able to spend the hour, you know, offloading what's going on and having some sense that, oh, okay, we can start with this and and see where we get to. Just those small steps and maybe some new ideas about how to approach what's going on in their family's health. And- yeah, definitely. And I think that's uh, that's big, like your you know, you're not one of those naturopaths. I think we get a bad name as naturopaths that, you know, people think they're going to leave with 18 different supplements to take and, you know, they've got to cut out the gluten and the sugar and the dairy and the coffee yeah. and the alcohol. Um, and so that's not really that fun. No. <laughs> that's a lot of extra kind of, um, you know, things to do and things to think about for people who are already really depleted. So I think that's great. And I've got a very similar approach. It's that sort of step-by-step um which i think a lot of people are relieved at that yeah yeah definitely the other thing could i just wanted to mention as well which i have had a few people checking in about lately is um 
getting together a bit of a toolkit for, you know, when their kids do get sick or if they have, um, you know, they have they may get sort of croup um, that they're not currently presenting with but do get that. And even, you know, the virus we've had lately and, um, yeah, so I've put together, you know, depending on their needs, put together a bit of a script and a toolkit for when when they need it so that's another um another you know avenue that we go down as well and I'm so glad you brought that up because often particularly in the winter months or with the the dreaded virus (laughs) you know like our family might contract it or your child comes down with croup or they start getting sick and then you've got to figure out what supplements to give them and then order the supplements and by the time you kind of get to that it's like full blown infection. Like, whereas if you can get onto things sooner. And so I love that, like putting together a bit of a, a, like you said, a bit of a toolkit for when things do go downhill with, with kids health. Yeah, that's right. Mm, That more, that preventative or sort of, you know, getting in really early. Yeah. Being prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And before we get into these, these signs and symptoms related to digestive health, I I think it would be interesting to um, hear a bit about like the personal you, what do you love doing? um, And what do you, what do you spend your time on when you're, when you're not working? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got three kids. So I was thinking about that and I thought, do I have much spare time? Um, (laughs) I do. So most nights I'll read in bed and that's just how I unwind. Um, I like walking. Um, I like catching up on some Netflix when I've got a good recommendation. Um, but, yeah, I think they're gardening when it's not raining. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, probably, yeah, and spending time, you know, relaxed downtime with the kids. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of mums could relate to sort of not having a lot of spare time. But, yeah, just doing those probably unwinding things rather than upwinding. Yes, rather than <laughs> I've filling my spare time with doing things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's me as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Any any good books that you've read lately that you can think of? Yeah. Um, I just opened Love Stories by Trent Dalton. Oh, oh I love um, his books. I haven't read yeah, that one, but... Yeah. So I just opened that a few nights ago and the opening, um, his opening verse was just beautiful. Um, so I like I like reading things that don't create too much stress um, but are just, you know, uplifting and um, insightful. Oh, that's a good reminder because I've been meaning to get my hands on that book because I loved his two other books. I'm so bad at remembering names of books, but I know I just always had a mental blank when you asked me. <laughs> no, sorry, I, I sprung that on you, <laughs> didn't I? But Trent Dalton, he's an Aussie author, and yeah, he I really like his his books too. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so let's get into, let's switch gears and get into these, these signs and symptoms that, that you're commonly seeing and we commonly see as naturopaths in, in kids. But also this is very translatable to adults as well. 
So what I thought we'd do is, um, you know, we, we've kind of brainstormed and, and um, planned a, a bit of a list of some of these things that we that we see or and that you're seeing commonly in, in clinic. Um, so let's start with the um the loose stools so when kids and this is really common in kids um and it can be a little bit tricky to sort of figure out but what are what are some of the I guess driving factors or causes of of loose stools yeah so in quite young kids um fructose can be an issue and I think because we naturally think uh fruit you know, is one of those healthy foods and they can have another piece, they're asking for it, um, you know, it's good for them. But in some kids, it can actually, it draws too much water into the into the stool. Our body can't break down the fructose and then it just has a bit of a lack, yeah, excess water in the stool. Um, and that's quite similar to lactose intolerance, but it usually comes out like with the case taking. So, you know, when we're asking about diet and how much of those things kids are eating. So I feel like that one um, is, is we can sort of diagnose that easily in a, in a consult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just with case taking, like, yeah, I think that's a really good point in itself because a lot of people get in touch with us and they want to jump straight to like gut testing, microbiome testing or other gut testing. And we're like, well, hang on a minute. Like, let's do that case taking first, because often, actually more often than not, we can figure out what's going on without having to resort to testing. Like testing definitely has its place, but it's not the first point of call is it no that's right and there's a lot of clues in in your bowel habits and asking those questions yeah 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 so with the loose stool that that like issues with fructose or just too much fructose in the diet um or fructose intolerance um or or lactose intolerance or even both of those things yeah um yeah and that's like I don't think a lot of parents you know when they see those symptoms would think, oh, it must be the fruit. Like, no, not at all. Yeah. It's not so, so that, obvious. Yeah, and it off. is something that kids grow out of eventually as well. Yeah, fructose. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a really interesting one. Okay, what else can can loose stools mean? Well, it could be another food intolerance. Um, just depending on on the child or the adult, um, how they react to certain foods, um, can trigger trigger you know loose stools um it could be a gastro bug and they might not have many other symptoms um but yeah i guess things that go along with a bug are perhaps a bit of fever just feeling off in the tummy um or it could be side effects of antibiotics that's actually a really common side effect of antibiotics and it could be stress so um you know going down to back to that sort of gut brain connection and and how stress affects our bowels and yeah so it could be that yeah definitely and I think stress isn't something we commonly think of with kids you know as adults we think what have I got to be stressed about (laughs) we're the ones that do do it all um but there's lots of things that can cause stress in kids and some kids are more sensitive to stress than others as well aren't they so yeah that's that's a good one um okay so let's move on to like mucus or blood in the stool and you know sorry if anyone's a bit squeamish us naturopaths are are used to talking about poo and mucus and blood (laughs) 
<laughs> all day, every day. Um, but this is actually way more common than you would think, especially in young children. So, so let's talk about what that can mean. Yeah, I think if it's, you know, if it's a one-off or it happens, you know, one day and then doesn't happen again for another couple of months, I'd probably be curious. But if 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 it's happening, you know, day after day or every second day, then you would definitely want some kind of investigation into that because to me that would say, oh, there's some kind of inflammation, ongoing inflammation happening in the gut and something's quite amiss. Um, it, it could though, it could be a viral or a bacterial infection. Um, so you would think that that would have an end point. Um, so if you want, if mucus or blood is still happening, then you would go down the line of investigating for celiac or, or going for those common um, triggers like dairy or gluten. It it sort of comes back to that case taking as well. Like when did it start? How long has it been going on for? How often does it happen? So all those questions and answers give us clues to what path of investigation that we might go down. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And like I said, um, you know, often it happens in, in babies and it can be quite confronting for whoever's changing the nappy to see that mucus or the blood. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely something you'd want to, you know, if it's if it's the odd, odd one-off time, then you can, you know, ignore it. I did have a mum who had a baby um, that their main symptom was mucus in their poo and it did turn out to be a dairy and gluten intolerance. And so that, you know, she sort of, she was also seeing um, a pediatrician and was seeing me. And so we got to a point where we worked out what the triggers were. And then I think, yeah, so it resolved that mm. issue then. Yeah, yeah, and if it is an intolerance or an allergy even, like, you know, removing that food will obviously improve that that symptom, um, but it's important to do more than that. Like, you know, we want to be really building up that that gut health overall, um, which is something that we are very well versed to sort of support with here at Natural Super Kids. Uh, because, you know, when you go and see an allergist or even a pediatrician, they'll they'll say, oh, we'll just remove dairy. Um, but, you know, if the, if the gut isn't sort of handling those foods, then there's things that we can do to, to optimize that gut function so that, um, you know, that, that tolerance improves over time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And what about constipation? You said before, this is probably the most common symptom that you're seeing in, in kids. So common, isn't it? It is. So let's- I think when I started, <laughs> I just would say to people, there are a lot of constipated kids. In there Australia. really are. And it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not something that we talk about kind of, um, you know, publicly, uh, you know, so, so I don't think people realize how um, common it is. So what are, what are some of the common causes of constipation in kids? Yeah, well, I guess there's the, you know, we'd start with the basics like fibre, water, exercise. Um, so just, you know, rule in or rule those things out and work on those. Um, low muscle tone is relatively common in kids and as well as affecting that affecting their skeletal muscles, it can affect their um, 
what's the word, Jess? The, <laughs> the non like the, the smooth muscles. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, like, oh, what is the word? Um, yeah. So, so the 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 muscle contraction in the and that happens in the bowel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is what yeah gets the poo out, and so that can be an issue. Um, and then like celiac, a common sign of celiac is constipation. So, if someone presents with chronic constipation, um, then that would be something. I would be looking at and you can ask questions around family history, whether they've had any testing done already for that. Um, Try a gluten-free diet and see what happens. Even food intolerances like gluten and dairy can both um, trigger constipation. So, yeah, whilst, I don't know, we try not to sort of be too restrictive on diets, there are sometimes cases where it is really worth trying um, to eliminate some particular foods that can contribute. Definitely. That's a really good point because it does, it can make the world of difference for some people, can't it? But, you know, it's really, like you said, about taking that case and only eliminating those foods that are absolutely necessary um, yeah, and I just wanted to go back to that, you know, the, the lack of fiber, which is so common in kids' diets these days with the increase in more processed, refined, packaged foods, particularly kids that are fussy. They tend to like prefer those very refined foods. So their diets are often really lacking in that fiber, aren't they? Yeah, it's so interesting too, because it's it's also I feel, find that it's the gut bugs then, like, you know, having dominance over the desire for what they want to eat. So the lack of diversity just brings in that lack of diversity in the gut with the gut bugs. And it just is this then that cycle of then not having a diverse diet and then not having a diverse gut. So yeah. Yeah. And it can be hard to break, but this is where some some good, like really targeted supplements can really help to break that cycle, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When I was doing a lot of consulting, I noticed I all all always when kids gut function improved and we'd been working on on the gut balance you know they'd start to slowly um accept a wider variety of foods so they definitely go hand in hand don't they yeah absolutely yeah yeah okay and what about like um you know bits of food bits of undigested food in the the bowel movement what what can that mean that can mean a few things. Um, so one of the like easy things to work out is um, are they actually chewing their food well enough at the table? Are they spending time at the table just, you know, sitting down, um, taking their time with their food and, and chewing? And because some kids also have sensory issues around, you know, how things feel in their mouth. Um, so that might be an issue. Um, yeah, so things not getting chewed well enough, um, perhaps their digestion's just also working too fast. Um, so they've got, it's just, yeah, it's moving through too quickly. So it's not having time to get digested, to break down. Yeah. And also perhaps having, um, a reduced amount of enzymes and stomach acid that that helps support that breakdown of food um yeah so that, uh, that could also be an issue 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're really good points. And as you can hear, like there's always a variety of different causes for particular symptoms and and conditions that go on. Um, And sometimes it's possible for you to work that out yourself. And our hope is that you listen to this episode and go, oh, you know, maybe I can try reducing my child's fruit and see if that makes a difference. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, Sarah is very um, thorough as, as, you know, all naturopaths sort of should be in terms of that case history taking. And that's so important, isn't it? To really you know, it's like it's like being a detective. It's like figuring out all of the clues that are going on, and and then um, you know, um, figuring out what's going on from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of people will often have a bit of an aha moment, or they'll think, "Oh, I haven't thought of it about that before," or that's triggered another, you know, thought around their health in their kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's that sort of um, yeah skill of asking the right questions and bringing awareness to to those things. And sometimes, you know, I, that just kind of made me think of uh, when you start ask, asking questions about when when the symptoms started and what else was happening around that time. Like That's to have such that a big clue, yeah, yeah, to have that time to sort of sit down and think about that um, can be really powerful, can't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, all right. And what about when the stool is really smelly? You know, when kids come out of the bathroom yeah. and you've got to air the house out. <laughs> now, now, with this, of course, you know, poo doesn't smell nice. <laughs> but it shouldn't have a really offensive smell. So, yeah. so what can be going on if there's that really, really smelly um, toilet? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and it is a question I will ask. Um, And and the mum will often know whether it is or not. (laughs) So I think probably most commonly it's an imbalance in gut flora. Sometimes, though, it can also be indicate an intolerance, Um, you know, especially if they smell really sulfurish. yeah, a post-viral um, infection, but yeah, that then affects the balance of the gut flora, doesn't it? So um, yeah, that would be my go-to. So just asking questions around, yeah, when did it start? Is it all? Has it always been like that? And um, yeah, so post-antibiotics as well. If there was a shift after they'd had a um, prescription of antibiotics um yeah and I think I said food intolerance so yeah just looking for clues around those things yeah and like there's so many things that can lead to that gut imbalance you know that imbalance of of good healthy and bad or pathogenic bacteria in the gut isn't there I mean like you said the antibiotics are a are a really um a really big one but you know, there's so many different diet and lifestyle factors that over time can lead to to that dysbiosis. So, um, yeah, getting on top of that is really important. And then, so the last one I want to ask you about is the green poo. Um, this is probably a little bit less common, but um, still, you know, still we still see it relatively um, often, don't we? So, and the, it, again, this can be a bit confronting. Um, so, so tell us a bit more about what that can mean. Yeah, so that's another could be another um, one to do with increased bowel transit time, so the digestive system moving a bit too fast, and so 
when we eat, um, bile is injected into the small intestine from the gallbladder. And if the digestion's working too fast, the bile doesn't have enough time to break down. So, and then that makes the poo a bit green. Um, it could also be something as simple as eating lots of spinach. Um, and because, you know, one way to increase veggie intake is to put a handful of spinach in a smoothie or have a green smoothie. So it could be something as simple as that. Um, or food colouring, green food colouring. If your kid's been to a party and there's been green food colouring or they've had a lolly or something like that. Um yeah, and the other thing which sort of goes along with bile is just not digesting fat well enough. And, you know, if it's green and floating, you'd probably sort of think, oh, there may be an issue with that. But that's probably less common than the other things, I'd say. Yeah, I guess that, you know, the um, the bile and the liver and the not digesting fat, is it's probably more common in adults, isn't it, Yeah, than kids? Yeah. So that's a, that's probably interesting for, um, you know, the, the parents that are listening to take note of as well. Um, all right. Well, that was really thorough. And I think that'll give a lot of uh, people a lot to think about. So um, that's great. So just to let everyone know, um, Sarah does offer online consultations, naturopathic consultations, which you can book via our website. Uh, she offers those at currently Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and they're all done online, which is really nice and convenient. You don't even have to leave the house. Um, one question we get asked a lot is, does my child need to be present? And the, yeah, do you want to talk to that a little bit? Yeah, look, um, I would say overall, no. Um, I do find that the parents who seek out naturopaths have a pretty good understanding of what's going on in their kids and um, know know exactly what they're looking for and can describe their children very well, including their bowel movements. Um, so I d it is sometimes useful though, like sometimes people send me photographs um, and that can be of their kids skin especially if it's eczema or how they look um, but generally in the case taking I will ask what they look like um, and that can be you know bags under their eyes or if their skin appears dry or if they're pale I'll often ask about their coloring um, what you know what tone is their skin and their hair and their eyes um, so I feel like I can get a pretty good picture and if sometimes the children are there and um, they like being a part of it, which is also fine. Um, I had a baby last week who was so engaging. She just, she was smiling at me and responding to me through the Zoom and it was really beautiful. Um so babies, she was actually a very chilled out baby, so that was fine. But sometimes, you know, babies might not like being there for 45 minutes or however long we take. So generally we don't need the children there, but um, we can, yeah, gain enough information by, you know, the case taking. Yeah, because sometimes it's more convenient to book an appointment when the kids are at school or, you know, in mum's lunch break where she's got a bit of quiet time. And I know, um, 
you know, sometimes the kids can be really like restless and distracting in the background, um, but other times they can be really engaged. So it's definitely up to the parent. Um, but yeah, it's not essential that the child is there. And I've had lots of kids that have been really engaged in consults as well, particularly older kids. So you know, I know as a mum of a 12 and a 14 year old, I definitely don't see their poo anymore. Yeah. <laughs> horrified. Yeah. <of> <laughs> so I don't, I don't have all those details. So, you know, with older kids, maybe it's more, um, more helpful, you know, if they're there, but although, you know, I don't think they'd be very keen on answering lots no, of questions. No, they can questions. feel a bit embarrassed <laughs> as well sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so in those cases, maybe mum can, you know, write a few or they can write a few things down or something so they don't have to have to speak. So yeah, it's definitely um, you know, possible either way in terms of, of kids being present. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so nice to have a chat, and I'm sure people got a lot of value out of this episode, and it's really nice for people to um, get a bit of an insight into into what you do and your approach yeah. and that sort of thing. Thanks, Jess. It's been great to be here. You and we'll pop the link um, to book an appointment with Sarah in the show notes if you want to come over and, and check out, you know, the process and all of that sort of thing. All the details are on our website. And if you're a club member and you're listening, you know that, you know, Sarah's in there answering answering your questions and, and supporting you in the, the club as well. So have a nice rest of your day, Sarah. Thanks, Jess. You too. See you later, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.